In this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, gosh, I wish I had some music, talking to your teens about sex. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is me, Quincy Moran, a.k.a. the Q-Dog, with my lovely wife in the Moran studio, and her name is Jeannie. Hi, babe. Hey, honey. The Moran studio is full of noises right now because the kids are watching Alvin, Simon, Theodore, the Chipmunks, and Hunter and Kirsten are making racket. But that's just the way we roll. It's happy autism. It's all good. Let's jump right into this episode, um, and I'm just going to be completely... Uh, open and honest with you guys, which I am anyway, so I'd have to qualify that. I had plans for other episodes, but then we started to talk to one of our daughters about boyfriend and sex, and um, the conversation turned in for just a minute of me asking her a few questions into, I think, well over an hour of a very deep discussion. So we're going to share that journey with you right now, talking sex and relationships with your teenagers. Now, I'm not coming at this like I'm the resident expert. We're going through this right now. So with in true man versus marriage format, this is our journey. This is our journey and we're going to share it with you. Before we do that, a quick shout out to my man Eric. Welcome aboard, bro. It is great to have you. Thank you for the message. You Freaking rock, you stud. Thanks for uh, thanks for endeavoring on this uh, mission um, to be a better man, better husband. What I can just wrap up is calling being family famous. Thank you for that. So what I want to do is set the stage for you. And um, Jeannie and I are going to talk to you just as quickly as possible about where this conversation came from and what's going on and we're going to change the names to protect the innocent so we don't call one of our kids out and um we're here's how it goes so as you know we are mom and dad of eight kids now technically i mean the family is growing i'm now the proud mommy of 11 children it's not (laughs) and it's not like our biological family is growing but our responsibility and people who need parents or parental figures in their life is growing. And um, one of our girls has a friend. We kind of set the stage to say, okay, you girls want to date. We're down with that. Um, But here is my, this is my expectation if you are going to date. So we laid that expectation out. And had we planned this episode, I probably could have, laid out that expectation we can do that in the show notes that could be that's true we could do that in the show notes but what i did was i had each of the girls write to me what does dating mean to you because i want to get an idea of what they uh what their thoughts were when it came to dating so we did that and then Jeannie and i discussed uh after we had them read the papers we discussed okay what what do i 
when do I want to, or how do I want to establish the idea that if if you're responsible enough to do this, then we can start the process of dating. So we told them, um, we told them that okay, you do this. This age is good. This is where the process can begin. And this, and once you start to check these boxes, then you can invite a boy over. I think it was like 16 or 17. You know, if you have your ducks in a row, then you can start to take this boy from an acquaintance to a friend to boyfriend material. Get him over here. Let us meet him. Let's see how he interacts with the family. I want to see personally how he interacts with you and what kind of dude this this guy is. And then we can talk about taking the next steps to serious relationship. Well, Jill um, has a young man, Jack, that uh, that um, she has been inviting over. He came over for a Halloween party. And um, that was the first time we got to meet him. We heard stories about them when they were in school. Which we were not happy with. Things I did not like. But with the pandemic happening and all this other other things that took people away from school and made it to where people couldn't visit, um, I she asked if she could have him over, and she had been being responsible with the things that we said, this criteria you got to meet in order to, you know, to have a boy come over so we can meet him and try to, you know, tune this thing up. We started this out with, they were writing letters in the mail because they couldn't see each other. And our children were limited with Gmail or um, Wi-Fi. We don't allow them on social media. There's good reason for that. So they started with just writing each other letters back and forth for a few weeks and then it developed into may we call each other so then we developed timelines for phone calls and then the phone call turned into could we visit and it's funny because you always assume the girls are afraid to bring the boy home to meet the dad but our family seems to be more afraid of introducing people to mom than they are of dad um he's he's a good kid when he came over here it it was a good situation we were able to kind of see how he interacts Uh, I had a conversation with his parents and mom filled me in on some things that we were not aware of in the beginning and that helped us to kind of understand you know social awkwards or things that maybe he didn't grasp so we needed to be a little more firm in how we presented house rules or what have you um and it wasn't that he was a bad kid. It's just how he understands things. And being parents of special needs, we get that. Not everybody understands, you know, these are boundaries. Some people just look at it and say, well, rules are suggestions. So that that helped us out. Now we're at a place where they've been talking constantly every day. We have a time that he's allowed to call, so she has time to get her schoolwork done. Um, Jill and I had been working out in the gym for a while, and then we got her in a routine of working out. She has some spasticity in her muscles so she can't do typical workouts with weights and things because of that so we were progressing towards this and um she came to us a while back and was concerned she didn't like her body she didn't like how she looked she didn't feel like people felt she was attractive and she wasn't getting attention from boys which bothered her so dad and I decided let's get her working out let's get her doing something that makes her feel better about herself and over the last six months she really has committed to to doing her workouts she's noticed the change she's getting little bumps in her her six-pack now and 
She was starting to wear clothes instead of wearing men's shirts and baggy jeans. She's actually wearing things that fit her. So she's starting to feel attractive to herself, which is great that that was the goal was to help her be okay with who she is. Well, over the last few weeks, um, things have changed in their dynamic and conversation. And I noticed she's not working out as much. She's kind of putting herself on the back burner. And her excuse was, I'm doing homework. Which is true, however, she was getting the homework done because she wanted to make sure she could make that 5 o'clock call time to accommodate being available when he was available to be on the phone. And it kind of bothered me, but I let it slide. And then this conversation came up. He was coming over to see us this week, and he wanted to make things official. And she's apparently agreed to it, but reluctantly agreed to it. So the conversation this morning stemmed from... You know, A, what does he consider official? What do you consider official? I want to, I just want to pause right there because I need to backtrack a little bit because I want to give a little bit of the story here too about the first time he came over to visit. Um, and the reason I want to do that is because we, I had seen and heard things about this young man that I was not happy about. And um, so, and I think in the, I think in the beginning when we, had talked about the boys coming over, you were much more apprehensive in a sense than I was for letting them come over. But I I was just in the mindset that now is the time. They're getting older. It's time to let them spread their wings a little bit. And if they're willing to put the work in, then I want to reward them with um, whatever it is that they are asking for. So when he came over for the first time after, you know, this you can have a boyfriend when conversation started, we uh, had dinner. We were out in the backyard around the fire. And I in it in the in the time came where it's like I had already decided I was going to sit down and talk to both of them so that I knew where it stood. And what I did was I sat him. I, I sat at the t- I stayed at the table because um Everybody else got up going around, sat at the table because I knew it was going to call him over. I called them both over, had him sit down, and just had a conversation. I told the young man like this. I said, look, dude, there are stories that I've heard about you and the way you have treated uh, her siblings at school, the actions that you've taken, things that you have done that I do not like. But my daughter says that you are working to change yourself and make yourself a better person. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let all the other stuff go. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer you the opportunity to prove who you are. I'm going to let your actions, your attitude, your words prove who you are from here on out. So it's cool that you're here, but I want to know some things about you and your mindset and um, why you want to spend time with my daughter and what your intentions are. And I've been practicing it for this for a long time, okay? Um, other young ladies, that uh, daughters of friends that we've had, um, when they would get a boyfriend, I would take the opportunity to sit in front of them and ask the uncomfortable questions because I wanted to know what it felt like. And I wanted to know what these guys' intentions were because I was a teenage boy at one time myself. Um, so he talked me through some of that, and it was a very, you know very teenage answer and then I just took a moment 
to talk to him about what being a man is and being responsible is. And he's got his own dad, but I want him to know from where I'm coming from. So we've had him uh, uh, come over. Another one of our daughters that's that meets the age requirement. We've let her friend come over. And with that, um, this last time when they were coming over, as you as you heard Jeannie say, he it, it, the word kind of got out that when he got here, he wanted to sit down and see what he could do to make it official. And first of all, I'm like, that's not really going to work for me because I haven't even personally met this dude's parents. And I don't know if he's talked to his parents about what his intentions are or if he's doing this on the DL just making this official with my daughter and what that means. And he got over, we had dinner, and they were sitting at the ta- at the table. No, you talk to him. No, you talk to him. You talk to him. And I just flat out told him, I said, hey, the question you want to ask, now is not the right time. And they still talked about it a little bit. And then one of our other daughters is kind of pushing him. I want to hear this. I want to hear that. And I said, no, you don't. And we're not talking about it. And she goshed me like a regular teenager would. And I just told him again, I said, look, I'm telling you, the question you want to ask is not, this is not a good time, so don't do it. Because when I asked my daughter, what does it mean to be official? I don't know. When I asked her what his definition was, she said, I don't know. Because she hadn't even taken the time to ask him what it was. She wasn't even hiding it. She wasn't hiding what his definition was. She hadn't even thought about asking him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, girl, what are you doing here? What responsibility are you taking with this? So today we were discussing discussing some things, and he had talked about maybe coming over to watch the game yesterday. And he wasn't able to, but I just felt it was necessary while we were setting up for the podcast just to have a quick conversation with her and say – have you considered or what are your intentions and what was supposed to be like five ten minutes turned into well over an hour and there were some things that we found out if she's being honest um that was really surprising and Jeannie gave her um some exercises to do Because what it ultimately came down to is she has some sort of lack of value and desire for attention, um, but she has a lack of value in herself that would make her settle for any kind of attention. From anyone outside the house. From anyone outside the house. And we, what we did is we walked through that with her, and we're going to try our best to do that within the next few minutes here to tell you the questions that we asked so that we could listen to see where her mindset was. Um, and, then, and then hopefully what you can do is you can take this opportunity to have these discussions with your teenager. Now, Let's say this. Maybe you you don't have teens, and you're like, I don't see the benefit of me listening to this. My kids are young. Build your strategy. Get like-minded with your wife. 
so that y'all can talk about sex and relationships with your kids when they get older. Now, look, maybe for you, it's not going to be the same. Maybe at 10 or 11 years old, you're going to be cool with your kids having boyfriend, girlfriend. I know that's what we did. But there are a lot of things that went unspoken in our households. And we ended up doing damage to ourselves because we found out about sex somewhere. But it wasn't necessarily. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily at home. And there were some very unhealthy situations that went on in my life, that went on in Jeannie's life as we were growing up that had to do with sex. And so we're not looking to recreate that problem. We're looking to, to forge a new way. That's why this is important. And, and, you know, some of our girls are getting near 18. And it's not going to be long before they are 18 and they maybe they move out. So what we're looking to do is we're looking to help you build your strategy because we've discussed this. And now we're in the middle of this. And we've had to switch up our strategy a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think um, originally we thought, you know, purity ring at 13. We didn't let the schools teach them about sex. We were going to teach them about sex because the school started teaching them at 10 and 11 years old. And that was just way beyond what is acceptable for Quincy and I. Um, but, and, and some people in our family have taught their children when they got into high school, they just gave them the resources to be safe. And that wasn't okay with me. I'm not going to just give you the tools and say, well, you're going to do it anyway, so you might as well be safe about it. No, that's not, that, that wasn't what Quincy and I wanted. We tried to instill in them and help them understand it's not just a physical connection. There are emotional strings attached. There is a, a spiritual connection that takes place. And once you give these things over, you can't take it back. And if that relationship doesn't stay together, there's a part of you that's torn. And it's something that when you, you do find that person and you do get married, Quincy and I both have had this conversation where I wish I would have waited and learned things together rather than let other stuff that we've experienced taint what we started. Because it did, it, it, we'll get into it later on down the line, but it's just one of those things that I wanted the girls to understand. Don't just give it away. One, most guys, and forgive me, but this is the truth at the teenage age, is one and done is usually where they're at. And I don't want my little girl's heart getting broken because the guy got what he wanted and now he's moving on to the next. And she's thinking this is, this was the guy I gave him my heart. I gave him my everything. And now that's how she sees all men is you're only down for this and I don't want to give you anything. Then she's never going to open her heart to anybody. And what if she misses that opportunity to find that one person that she could have a life with? I didn't want that. Neither did Quincy. Um, But our girls over the years have become very, very curious based on things they've read, things they've seen on TV, movies that have come across. And Quincy and I came to the agreement. um, And I'll be straight up. In my house, sex was not something we discussed. It was, don't do it till you have to. Don't do it till you're married. And um, there was a lot of not good conversation of why it was not a good thing or things that I was just going to have to settle for. And, um, you know, things I learned, it just, it wasn't the way I should have learned it. It just really wasn't. And the stuff that I learned in school, 
I either learn from a teenage boy or I learn from a health class that, I mean, come on, putting a condom on a banana is not really going to teach me much. Yeah, and from my point of view, you know, obviously we're people of faith. We come from a religious background. We've talked about that in the podcast, and that's one of the pillars of, you know, your personal faith is that you don't have sex until you're married. But it goes far beyond that um, for us, and yeah, look, I, uh, I didn't do that. But having kids and looking and looking at them from a fresh uh, canvas, a fresh perspective, the idea is how much do you value yourself and what you have, and how can you save yourself, um, A, from becoming um, a teen mom, and B, from uh, any kind of sexually transmitted disease, and C, um not devaluing yourself for the approval of another person. And that goes for boys and girls all together. And my my gig was when they were really young, I started teaching them about relationships and the school experience and how you could really you can really get yourself off course. You can you can get yourself, you can derail yourself from your hopes and dreams and what you want to do. Um, because there is so much, there's already enough drama in elementary and, uh, junior high school and high school, adding a forever, not forever type boyfriend to that can really just increase the likelihood that you've got nothing but drama going on. And I know that because I was a part of it. So it's not like I, it's not like I was telling them, um, do what I say, not what I do. What I like to do is just give them the information to make better decisions than I did. And I think that any parent would want the same. Any loving, nurturing parent would want the same. That's why we're open and we talk to our kids about sex and relationships as much as we do because we're trying to give them the opportunity to get off on a different foot. Well, and I think what the difference for us was to growing up, I was told, don't, you're not gonna, this is not supposed to happen. And it was put in a way of, you know, I didn't have a choice. I was told, don't do this. This is not going to happen. This this is not okay. And talking to our kids, we tell them, you know, we don't want you to do this. And here's the reasons why. The choice is ultimately yours. If it happens, am I going to be angry? Probably. Am I going to be disappointed? Absolutely. Am I going to love you less? No. Are you not going to be welcome home? No. Am I going to treat the guy any different? No. Are the rules going to change? Oh, yeah. But we kind of presented it in a manner of, I'm trusting you with this choice, but these are the reasons I want you to take what I'm telling you and understand this is the decision you should make right now. And I think that helps because it's kind of, I look at it from my own perspective. When, when someone says, you know, we jokingly, we joke about this now because it was years ago. Quincy puts his foot down. That don't fly with me. It never did. He would say certain things and I automatically reverted back to, I'm not your kid. I'm your wife. This is not how this works. And I take that into consideration, in, especially in big decisions like this with the girls, to say, I don't want to put my foot down and make your decision or make you feel like I'm making your decision. 
I want to give you the information and I want to tell you they know they're going to screw up. At some point in life, we all do. Yeah. And we want to make sure that they know if this is the one part that you mess up on, it doesn't change who we are. It doesn't change how we feel. Yes, there's going to be anger. Yes, there's going to be disappointment. But ultimately, I'm leaving the decision to you. Well, and and the way that we've built this, and we're not into teaching our kids what to think, uh, more of how to think or, how you know, give Question them ideas. Everything. Give them <laughs> ideas on, um, you know, the process of thinking. And there are just many examples within this where our daughter wasn't thinking. She wasn't asking questions. Now, I did uh, set the precedence when the girls turned 13. We talked about abstaining from sex until they get married and and kind of presenting the idea of why that's a great idea and how it can uh, how it can benefit you um, as you go through life and some of the pitfalls that can come along with having those relationships that go bad and you give a part of yourself away. So we did the purity ring thing, and I and I just I would ask them as I give them the ring, you know, um, are you willing to? Uh, make the decision to wait until you're married before you have sex, like we've discussed. And, you know, is this is this a, a goal that you're going to honor with your lifestyle? And, you know, each of them has said yes, which I respect. Um, but we do know as you grow and things change, um, that gets to be more and more of a challenge depending on how active you are in your relationship, whether it's holding hands or kissing or does it go any farther from that? And once you go further, you don't go back. Right. It that, never... that was the biggest point is once this starts, you need to understand once this train starts rolling, there ain't no backing it up on the track. It, it's a forward motion. So you need to understand when you say yes to this, you are basically accepting that things are going to move forward and you're kind of giving the green light or a yellow to say these things are coming, we just don't know when. And if you're not ready for that, you need to pump the brakes on the train and tell them no and, and stop progressing things. You need to decide what your limits are and what your boundaries are. And, and here's, the, here's the thing I look at now. Anybody who's been born in the last 10, 15, 16, 17 years or so, because I, I don't have the timeline specifically, They've grown up with the world at their fingertips, with Google or whatever, like Google, Yahoo, Bing. YouTube. YouTube, um, now Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all these different outlets where they can connect with the world and see things that they have no business seeing at any particular age. And what, one of the things we told her today, and then we're going to finish up real quick, and then we're going to go into um, another episode of this so we can give you some more detail. One of the things we um, finished with today was, ah, crap, I totally forgot what I was going to say. We gave her an exercise because we discovered that her problem wasn't with the person or not understanding what she wanted in a relationship or what was official or not official but um we discovered that she was settling she was that's not what i was going to say but that's ultimately that's ultimately um true and i want i want to so here's what i want to do since i absolutely forgot 
uh, where I was going because I wanted to explain we're going to go into another episode. I want you to just take a moment, whether your kids are one, your wife's pregnant, your kids are one, two, three, kids are any age, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 13. What is your strategy when it comes to talking about um, sex and relationships? Because you and your wife, I think it's very, very, no, I don't think. It is very, very important for you both to have common ground and a strategy around how you are going to discuss this area of your life. And what is the goal to teach your kids? Maybe your your ideology when it comes to sex is completely different than ours. That's up to you. I don't want you to go into this with the strategy that our parents did, which is I'm not going to discuss it with you, or you get the message at church. You'll figure it out when you get there. If you have sex before marriage, um, going to hell. God's mad at you, or or whatever else it was. You know, devil's doorbell. I know the devil's doorbell. <laughs> I don't want you to go into this situation, something that is so big, unprepared. And we've talked about this for a long time in our relationship, and it's only recently within the last couple years that we've really developed a strategy around this. And all, all we can do as parents is we can put this information into our kids, give them um, some perspective, but ultimately it's going to come down to their choice and their decision. And we And I work hard to give them some perspective to see, say, are these things that you are considering? Because the goal is to get to the root of whatever the issue is. And the root of the issue will tell you what you're truly dealing with. That's the part that you really don't see. That's the part that's buried, that is giving life and nutrients to whatever is above the dirt. So that's a product of whatever the root is on the tree or the plant. So with that, I want you to ask yourself this question. We're going to leave you with this here. Um, Do you have a strategy with your spouse to talk about relationship and sex with your kids, boys and girls? And if you don't, it's a good time to develop that because it is going to happen. We're right there. It's going to happen. You're, you're going to put them off into whether it's going to college or getting a job or whatever it is. You want to prepare your kids to be, to make the best decisions possible in the moment. And I believe that comes from building a place of value for your child to say, I don't want to cheapen my value in order to get X, Y, and Z, I want to build my value so that whomever I give this to is worthy of it. Does that does that sound right? That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm fighting a pretty big headache right now, and I don't know what that's from. Maybe it's just from this discussion. I don't know. Quite possibly, this was an out of the bluer. Which I'm I'm cool with. I love these discussions. I lo- I love having uncomfortable discussions. Because it stretches me and it grows me. 
But I'm, I want you to look at that. In the next episode, what we're going to do is we're going to line out this discussion that we had with our daughter so that it will help you hear what we talk through. And then we will share the exercise that Jeannie did. This episode went a little long, but we wanted to give you the journey side of talking about sex and relationships with your teen. And the next thing we'll do is the game plan. How's that sound? Okay. All right. That is it for this episode. I am Quincy Moran. She is Jeannie Moran. And this is Man Versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.